0: Welcome this is the Fright Club podcast. I'm Hope Madden and I'm George Wolf and we're from madwolf.com and we've been doing this time machine thing having the best horror movies of certain decades we're going to bring that up a little bit closer to today but before we did we wanted to talk about a brand new horror movie that just opened this weekend it's pretty solid
1: unfriended and i don't think that we had super high expectations because it just looked like another teenage online yeah, I found footage but
0: it's it's clever it's well written it's well executed given the high concept yeah it is a real high concept everything everything happens on a computer screen skype so a skype calls or you know doing searches or doing uh, inst- instant messaging whatever and that's a A big concept. Yeah, the entire movie is you're you're
1: watching one girl's laptop screen. That's what you're watching, and you know what? They do a nice job keeping you interested. the The performances are all really very strong. Uh, Everybody develops some layers to their personality and the characters, which you don't expect, given that they don't even leave the screen. Right.
0: (laughs) Um, I guess the downside is it's not that scary. No, it's It's not not super scary,
1: but it's well written. It's well acted. It's creepy, spooky. I mean, there were there were girls screaming in my audience when i saw it so if you're yeah. young it might scare you uh, yeah i mean everything, everything, it's not likely to
0: scare a veteran but people are scared by different things but it's not really that terrifying but it is well done and uh, seems to be getting a pretty good reception so i uh, check it out it's brand new in the theaters i think this past weekend unfriended all right so we go back to we did the 60s we did the 70s we did the 80s the 90s and all that time we're thinking, oh, well, what did we think before this? That the 70s we yes, thought were the uh, best I, decade? Yeah,
1: I, I definitely thought that going into this without sort of cataloging the way that we have in this exercise. And I have to say that I, I changed my mind completely. <laughs> yeah. There there were so many incredibly good horror films in the first decade of the 2000s, I cannot Get over it, you know. In in all of the other decades, there was usually three solid, no, no doubters, and then one or two that you didn't weren't really sure. There were ten no doubters for this, and then another ten that I had to weep to cut out. I mean, it was this was the <laughs> hardest one to put together. I think. Yeah,
0: and, and it, it always makes you think. You look at the movies during a particular time, and you think, okay, what was going on politically, sociologically, to you yeah. know bring those horror movies to the forefront so there was a lot going on That's, in the first no, there, decade of the 2000s to bring these types of horror movies uh to the forefront so we're going to get to that we have as as you said so many yeah. that could have made the list and you know what and we didn't. got
1: a, we got a ton a ton a ton of good th- thoughts as to or what to did. add to the list but Love before that. we do that though actually just in the last week or so we got a lot of feedback on a, a whole bunch yeah. of the of yeah. the other countdowns, for example, uh, on on Facebook, uh, another actually Columbus film critic Todd LaPlace, he didn't he didn't really take issue with the cho- the, our choices for the '70s. He just wondered, maybe were you a little strident in your <laughs> thoughts about
0: PJ Soul? Um, which you know what might be a complete uh, uh, an entire separate episode one of these days <laughs> of our. <laughs> of our uh, fright club. Yeah. You know what
1: though there there is a uh, an entire army of people who are in love with PJ Souls because not of her horror movies, but because Rock and Roll High School. She's the main character in the Ramones classic Rock
0: and Roll High School yeah, and there are people who love just her. Just as annoying. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, Todd, I appreciate that. I know maybe I'm out there with it, but she just you know, just like the the Blueberry Pancake girl in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Drives me up a wall. Fabienne.
1: You yes. know, like Fabienne.
0: Uh, but no, so uh, yeah, that was funny. Todd, I, I appreciate that. PJ Souls, yeah, I'm still, I am I got issues. But, but uh, in
1: our 80s, we got a little knock from uh, our friend uh, Craig, who is also our boss over at ScreenRelish.com. And he's <laughs> a huge horror fan. And he's a little tired of us taking... I oh, was wondering when somebody's going to ding us on this pot shots at the movie The Fog. Mm-hmm. He wants us to quit it. <laughs> so we apologize. Because that's actually also another... Unusually popular film. It's yeah. just we don't care
0: for it. They were pirates. They were okay. leper pirates, <laughs> just like in It. It's a spider. Oh, come on! Although the clown, awesome.
1: You know they're remaking it. I have to say though, I can't possibly imagine a better Pennywise than Tim. Tim Curry. No, I can't. Great. So anyway, so I'm I'm nervous about that. So and then onto the nineties. Some new friends, uh these are both also from Facebook, uh, Bridget Oliver and Adam Lowe had a couple of really, really, really good thoughts yeah. about what we left off the the nineties. She brought up Chronos, which <laughs> is so fun. Ah, yeah. uh, that is a great movie. That's a great movie. And then he brought up, which is the eternally underappreciated Exorcist Three. Yeah.
0: We've talked about that before oh, yeah. because it is so solid, especially when you think about the travesty that was Exorcist Two. <laughs> uh, you have to forget that entirely, and to its credit, Exorcist Three does forget that entirely. It does forget that entirely. Yeah. Uh, so let's just and, and pretend I, that didn't happen.
1: I, I got to say, uh, on the whole, I think there are a lot of problems with Exorcist Three, but there are like four or five or six or even more incredibly scary moments mm-hmm. in that film. Just terrifying, terrifying moments in that yeah. film that and makes it's any, solid, everything else, yeah. yeah, makes everything else worth it. Yeah, it's, so it's, good.
0: Good uh, good comment there. And then moving into the, the 2000s, uh, we got some nice some nice comments. So Bridget, again, talked about The Orphanage, which is a movie oh, that man. we love. Yeah. And then moving into uh, today's podcast, we got some great recommendations for things that people are hoping to see. And I'll tell you what, they're good ones. Uh, Adam H., I don't want to try your last name because I'll butcher it. Uh, Adam is suggesting Martyrs. Oh, my God, I love that. Very martyrs. nice. And uh, Bridget
1: again. The orphanage. How much do we love the orphanage? Yeah, the You orphanage know what? Is George great. got up and almost saved a woman's life during the screening of the orphanage. Do you remember that? No. You don't remember that? That what woman happened? she like passed out at the screening. They stopped the movie and you ran up to see if she needed any assistance. Do you remember that?
0: Well, I think almost saving her life might be a little a bit of hyperbole, <laughs> but I'll I'll take it. Uh, anyway. I do remember that now. Yeah, they did. But and that's then, a great movie.
1: Oh, it is a great movie. And then Craig, uh, again, he had he had literally like fifteen. And you know what <laughs> recommendations? And most of them are great, great ones. And I want to point out a couple: the Mist,
0: the Mist. Yeah, that
1: is one that bombed when it came out uh, w- wrongly, and it has really, really developed it momentum really has, since yeah. then. And it's a it's a great one. The Mist, Frailty, one of my absolute favorites. God, I love that movie. Nice, nice pick, Craig. Um, and then he also wants to talk about something that we're not going to.
0: Yeah, it, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though. Going back to the Mist, I was just uh, flipping channels the last few weeks and stumbled upon the end of The Mist, mm. which is go- really good, really solid. Oh, yeah. And, I,
1: mean, I also think it's the reason people didn't like it when it came out. I think
0: so. Yeah. I think so, but it's the, one of the reasons that it's only, you know, so many movies don't age well. Yeah. It ages well. It does, really. And you realize that. And I think maybe, at least for me, I was one that probably uh, dismissed it at the time a little too easily. But looking back on it now, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's pretty well done. Yeah, and the ending is. is very, makes and, you think...
1: You know what, I think creature features are hard to do. Mm-hmm. And um and uh you know, Stephen King adaptations, there are way more bad ones than good ones. We are not a kid. And uh, but no, the miss is a great one. He also brings up another really great movie that we're going to kind of loop in with something that we that did make the list but the dawn of the dead remake we love that one. Yeah. We yeah. love that one. Yeah, so thank Super you fun.
0: so much. I lo- love this love this feedback. I love to keep it rolling. You can always get a hold of us uh, at Mad Wolf on Twitter. We've got the 2D's. Two 2D's. Two yeah, we've got the the Facebook page as well, which if you just search on it it's Mad Wolf Columbus. Right. Since we're based in Columbus, Ohio. So
1: Or you can leave comments right on the Golden Spiral Media blog. Yeah, you can. You know, there's a ton of ways. The point
0: is, it's fun, and Mm -hmm. to keep this, uh, keep talking about this, and we appreciate it. So brings us up to the top five, our top five, hard fought top five for uh, the first ten years of uh, of the two thousands.
1: Yes, I want to do. I want to take a minute though, because uh, in (coughs) mourning, I want to mention really quickly. The five movies that didn't make it. Yeah, they're like, good. That's a thing. I mean, uh, I love these five movies. I love these five <laughs> movies deeply, and so I want. And a couple of them you may have never heard of, and so you need to. So I'm just going to go through them really quickly, in no particular order. 2008's Eden Lake. Michael Fassbender, Jack O'Connell,
0: who's now everywhere. Yeah, he's he, the, he was a star of Unbroken yeah. and also 71, right. which is out now. That kind of flying under the radar, but still, he's 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 so hot right now. He's, like, yeah. Derek Zoolander, no, Ed, uh, Hansel. Hansel, uh, but yeah, and
1: he's he is magnificent in this movie, yeah. and it's a great, really hard to watch, really well done movie. So if you haven't checked out Eden Lake, you should do that. Also, we're sorry, Bridget
0: the Orphanage didn't make the list, <laughs> but it is
1: so good that we have to that mention. Just shows it shows
0: you how good this decade is yeah, because is. a movie like that, and I was there was a time I was fighting for it. I wanted it in, yeah, in there. Yeah, uh, so good and so such a great atmosphere from start to finish oh in that movie. Yeah. So well done. Uh, from Another one from 2008, Martyrs.
1: Yeah, and, and Adam, we apologize that it didn't make the list. If you love Martyrs, and we do, though, hop over to ScreenRelish.com once, uh, uh, every so often uh, we write, the, every Saturday they have something called the Saturday Screamer, and last week I wrote it, and I wrote martyrs partly out of guilt that i didn't make this list but because it's just <laughs> that it's goes so along great. with the movie doesn't yeah. <laughs> it <laughs> your
0: catholic guilt uh,
1: it's so great and you know what like um the mist the ending is pretty controversial although to me boy couldn't could not have ended any better just like the mist couldn't have ended any better i love the movie martyrs
0: where did we just see it? somebody commented online
1: did oh
0: yeah it's, it's too bad, bad. yeah it's too bad we don't know
1: oh no don't say it in okay. case people don't in case okay. they
0: haven't seen it all right there's but it's similar. Can we say it's similar to the end of uh, Lost in Translation? Yes. Can I we think say so. that? Okay. I think we can. All right. We'll go there. And also, another one this scary and creepy and weird call there, otherwise known as The Ordeal from 2004. Oh, my God. So great. And we have talked about
1: that one before in our cabin in the woods. I think that was this the podcast, but it was, yeah, Calvair. Very few people have seen it. You need to check it out. Weirdest day in sequence We ever. actually
0: featured it as one of our Fright Club big Movies. screen yeah. events yeah. Uh, here in town. And it un- didn't get as big of a crowd as we had hoped but because that's one that you really have to be into horror movies to know about and to realize that, oh, I've got a chance to see this on oh, a yeah. big screen. Let yeah. me take it. So. Oh,
1: yeah, it's so good. So if you haven't seen it, and you probably haven't, Calvert. And then also we apologize, um, Craig, that Frailty did not make the final ten cut, but it is <laughs> so good that it has to be mentioned. And it's another one. You know, Bill Paxton. We're toast. Game over. Bill Paxton directed this movie so beautifully. Yeah. Uh, has Matthew he directed McCone? something since? I don't think so.
0: Because that showed a, he should.
1: Yeah, he also directed the Fish Heads video. Remember that song?
0: <laughs> he I he that directed song. that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, those that just shows you how good, uh, as I've said before, how good this uh, decade is. Because those are all five quality. Oh, quality! Oh uh, my, titles. I love
1: those movies yeah. so much.
0: So uh, all right, so that's just bubbling under. Didn't quite make it. All right. Well, we're going to admit it right from the beginning. We're going to cheat right away (laughs) because we have two number fives, and our first number five is Wolf Creek. What the bloody hell are you mob doing out here? (laughs) (laughs) Scared the shit out of me. (laughs) So, um, what do you actually do? I can tell you, but then I'd have to kill you.
1: 2005, Outback Horror, and what a great one. And as I've said a million times, just like uh, Silence of the Lambs benefited from an... You put the best actor in the villain role. That's what you do. That's why this movie works. John Jarrett. Brilliant. So creepy. So, you know, like, homespun. Get to know me. I'm a good guy.
0: (laughs) Get to know me. Do you want
1: to play head on a stick? Oh, Oh my God. He could not be any better. And, 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 And the movie benefits from an investment in the characters. A lot of people complained about it when it first came out because it, it, oh. you go a long time before anything scary happens because they want you to like these people and care what happens to them. It's very important, and it, it pays off.
0: Yeah, director Greg McLean um, just uses the expansive... You know, um, setting of yep. the outback. Yep. They're out there in the middle oh, of nowhere. Couldn't
1: be more isolated. And then
0: all of a sudden, they're at that spot that kills their watches and kills their car battery. Yep. And who's Johnny Friendly there to help you out? Yeah, old <laughs> and Mick, his big old creepy truck. Yeah, and uh, he is—he's so great in this. And you know, even though it gets very brutal, it does. I'm not going to put it in the the horror porn type of movie because no. it—it's not to me. That's not the only thing this movie exists to do. No. And it's... I remember, was it Roger Ebert yes. before he passed? Gave this a zero. Yeah. Said it's just not worth it. Said it was a borderline snuff film.
1: Yeah. Simultaneously, I reviewed it for the other paper and I gave it four stars.
0: <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm and sure that's the difference. just as many people as his review. It's the difference between you and Roger Ebert. <laughs> um, but no, it's one that we've talked about before and uh, we love it. it. It's so well done. It just gets you to your... To your core, especially how it ends, really. Uh, and then when you think about it was based on some real events, right. and then if you've taken the time to maybe do any looking up online where about the real events that led to it, yikes. Yeah. So, yeah, it's brutal. It takes a while, like you said, to get to the action, but it's worth it. Oh, yes. Um, and there are little, especially if you happen to see it again, there's some foreshadowing Agreed. along the way about it's- what's coming, and it's so well done that you might not catch the first time you see it. Mm-hmm. But then when you, oh, yeah, remember this? Remember that? So that's why we cheated. And uh, you know what? <laughs> We're just going to not even go to the judges. We're going to declare that that's okay. Yep. <laughs> just another example of how many great movies there are in this decade to, to focus on. And so
1: I guess on to our next number five. Yeah,
0: second number five.
1: <laughs> so who are you?
0: I wake up today in hospital. I wake up and I'm, I'm hallucinating. No! I've got some bad news Infected. Infected.
1: Father. Infected with milk. Oh, shouldn't have done that. The blood. There's something in the blood. We have to
0: leave now. More will be coming. They always do. Oh yeah, creepy. Twenty-eight days later. Ooh, Danny Boyle can direct a horror movie, can he? he? Can he really can? It's just from the you know from the very beginning he sets that. As I said, just about the orphanage that that atmosphere, oh, yeah. you know, the isolation. He thinks at first he thinks he's the last person on Earth. It seems like he is, and then starts finding out. No, oh, and then he talks to the on. priest.
1: Don't talk to the priest.
0: Oh man, yeah. get away
1: from that priest, Gillian Murphy.
0: <laughs> yeah, and um, it's it's so well done. The the cast is good. It's scary as as zombie movies go, but uh, it's also kind of a fresh.
1: A fresh yeah, take on, on the
0: zombie genre with yeah. a great director like Danny Boyle. Yeah.
1: It is, you know, uh, because technically they're not zombies because technically they're not dead. That's right. And you're the, right. And I, that was sort of the thing that made it okay in the zombie lore that they were fast moving because but they're I not love dead. That. That's That's what's awesome. That's what, that is really what makes this movie so right. terrifying is right. that they run. Oh my God, so great. And actually, we mentioned 20, uh, we mentioned uh, the remake of Dawn of the Dead and there were some complaints that the remake of Dawn of the Dead they were fast moving and the idea is well they're dead they can't move fast but let's be honest they're dead they can't do any of these things get over
0: it (laughs) (laughs) but 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 think about that though because 28 days later really set that hey you can you can have this let's do this we also saw it in world war z
1: oh yeah well yeah actually after after those two films um it became commonplace yeah You, you know right i mean it would almost be almost solely comedy horrors still use the slow-moving zombie if you want a scary movie with a zombie they got to move fast now and and it was the it was the success of those two really excellent films that made that happen and danny boyle he took a lot of ideas as uh, anybody with a zombie movie even if it's not really zombie from romero because not and this is actually uh, 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 this takes a lot of ideas from the the romero film the crazies more than uh, more than it does his actual zombie movies because well it just does i mean there are, you haven't seen the crazies this is very similar to that except that these it's just a rage virus as yeah, it's opposed virus. to being you yeah. know a crazy virus but also that the bigger problem isn't the monsters it's what's left of the government sure. and that's you know sort of the organized and that's one of the things that made it so terrifying the film so terrifying is when they finally get you know respite and relief it's even worse right and oh my god is it bad What and and the performances are so great, you know. Brendan Gleeson, God, I love him in everything. Yeah, he's great he's in so everything. He's so great in this yeah. movie.
0: Yeah, um,
1: yeah, it's just magnificent. It's and an a game changer.
0: Yeah, and well, that takes us back to what we were saying a little bit ago. Just the zombie, when zombie type movies become popular, become prevalent. Look at what's going on in society, and there's a there's a good clue as to why that is. And I think that that um, is the case here as well because it's early on. It's O two. It's early on, just after the two thousands, and uh, it's set that in motion for type a type of movie that um things about this like the running the the fast zombies that were going to be copied in other yeah. uh, in other zombie type movies and very well done uh in cuz i you know a movie like world war z which i thought was good um used it and you're talking about the other don the other dawn of the dead yep. and those type remakes yep. used it i i love it the fact that they're fast yeah. It has a totally different totally different take on it and just updates it so yeah, twenty-eight days later at number five, and then we move on again from two thousand two. See, that's a good start I know, to the start, decade. Yeah, uh, from two thousand two, the ring. you heard that this is videotape that kills you when you watch
1: it. You start to play it, and it's like somebody's nightmare. And as soon as it's over, your phone rings, and what they say is, "You will die in seven days."
0: Yeah, we talked about this one before a couple of podcasts ago and it's it's so solid, so well done. And the thing I think a lot of people forget is it was rated PG-13. I know. I mean, it's still we, so
1: scary. It was. I mean, it's a it's a scary film. It is. Um, uh, you know, the the their faces, you know, the the tape, um and then of course just her climbing out of that TV. Oh, that oh my great. God. Plus and, just the tension that it builds.
0: Yeah, going back to the tape, and I wrote a feature for ScreenRelish.com mm-hmm. when, when they were spotlighting your favorite things, scary, moment. scary moments uh-huh. in movies, and I've said from the beginning that the thing that really holds this movie together is the tape, yeah. because when you base your entire movie around a videotape that will kill you, that if you're going to show that tape, and you should... It has to be good. It has to, and boy, that tape is freaky. It is all bro uh, put together by all those little moments, which you kind of find out later what those mo- moments mean. Right, a lot of them. Yeah, right. But the first time you look at it, you just ooh, that's weird. Right, and it, so whoever came up with that whole montage, well done, because it the, to me that movie rises and falls about uh, on how creepy that video is, and it looks like a move uh, a, a tape that once you watch it, oh yeah. That could give me some sort of curse.
1: Yeah. You know, I think uh, s- uh, the same with uh, Danny Boyle. When you get a really great director, not necessarily a genre director, but a really great director and we attach him to a horror movie, you get a better movie. Yeah. Oh, sure. Uh, and, and Gore Verbinski is, yeah. he, you know, and and just the the way he sequences events and the way uh, where he edits and, and how he just focuses things. And the, I've said so many times, that uh, lighthouse where the the light just keeps coming around. And, I mean, it's just so many things about this movie are just pitch perfect
0: the way they are filmed. Yeah. Um The colors uh, when she goes, you think about scenes uh, like when she's on the boat with the horse. My God, the horse thing, then that then whole horse the whole horse thing. Yeah, the colors that the the whole screen is bathed in when she goes to that part of the country mm-hmm. and goes to see Brian Cox and mm-hmm. all that. Uh, and, of course, down in, in the well and mm-hmm. the, and all that stuff. It, it looks the part... Uh, yeah, you mentioned her climbing out of the TV. Uh, and it's funny, here in the last couple of weeks, if you've been on the internet, you've probably seen there's been pictures going around about that girl, what she looks like now. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that, how pretty she is now.
1: Well, she was a cute little girl. She was, was a cute little girl. One of the reasons why it worked so well, there's this little cherubic, you know, yeah.
0: chubby-faced girl. And of course, if you don't know, that was a man yeah, was climbing a, yeah, out of the climbing TV. climbing out of the TV. But still. <laughs> it was very effective. It was very effective. And, and when it was her, she still looked, Pretty darn creepy. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, so, so well done. Yeah, The Ring from, from 2002. And that's a good point about directors because when you bring in a, a good director into any new genre, we've seen that. One of the ones that comes to mind for me is that uh, Hannah uh, yes. with Sir Sharonan. Yeah. That director who directed that had done like atonement and these, these very yeah. pride, high yeah. pride and prejudice pride and Pre- things. Yeah. And then, man, he knocked that out of the park. It yeah. was an action movie. Yeah. Because it's a good director. Can yeah. bring mm-hmm. new types of sensibilities to a genre they haven't worked in before and that's the case here you can say boy he's he's a solid director and it, no matter what the genre is and uh, yeah, that one works that was so good uh, at number four is the ring
1: At number three is one of my very favorites we've talked about it a couple of times already so we'll keep this brief and i'm not sure george would have this quite so high but i love it so it sits at number three the loved ones will you go to the dance with me sorry don't want... i'm going with holly I'm going to stab Holly in the heart, This is
0: like you did to me. Yeah, from 2009, the Australian import, So uh, our golden spiral media compatriot there... Uh, Corey is gonna love that because uh, we, we like we love the Australian horror movies. Oh, we,
1: we're gonna have to do a whole show on them. Yeah. We are, in fact. You know what? Maybe he could join us. That he would be made, fun. All right, Corey, we'll get with you.
0: But um, <laughs> we've committed you now. You you love this one, yeah, more than I do. Not saying I don't. No, because I know that I you do, do. But I probably I might not have it in the top five. Although it is really well done, and it all comes back to the performance of the lead actress. Oh
1: my God, Robin McLeavy. So wrong. Wow. So great. Oh, my God, she's so good. She's so
0: good. (laughs) And we have talked about it before, but it's centered around like a prom in high school, and she gets turned down by uh, the boy she asked, the popular kid in school, and she doesn't like that. Her dad helps her out. She and her dad, and they have this relationship (laughs) that is uh, a little creepy. And, yeah, they kidnap him and torture him, and you find (laughs) out that they have something, they have a history of doing this, and she is just unhinged
1: oh she is and her performance. oh my god and she sings that song and oh. they play and she's got this the, pink uh, dress on Casey Chambers yeah, song Casey which
0: Chambers song. following the Australian mm-hmm. the Australian and it's, and it's
1: perfect it's a perfect song for yeah. that
0: we saw her in concert one time we did she Remember? opened up for listen to Williams, up for listen to Williams. Yeah. yeah that was her big kind of hit the one that they am I not pretty enough yeah um, and that's the one that... Which
1: they used to perfect effect oh, in this movie. Oh, so,
0: so but great. But then
1: also, and it, you know, and it is a thing where I didn't fully appreciate the direction um, until I'd seen the movie several times because you are so compelled by... Uh, Lola, her, her the character and her performance and everything, but it really looks awesome. What he does and in the, in the the change in visuals, like you're saying, the color, um, and then the way he frames, especially when this pink dress just keeps coming. Oh, <laughs> it just it looks great. It's incredibly well written. Yeah, um, it's so weird because it's just carnage but it's crazy and it's almost comical but creepy comical yep. the performances are just spot on it's also um it's got a heart to it so it's but it's not schmaltzy in any way it's just a really well done film one of yeah. my favorites
0: there is there is some comedy and a lot of it has to do there's a little side plot about another couple that right. goes to the prom this kind of a nerdy guy who's afraid to ask this real hardcore goth chick to the prom <laughs> And then she says yes, and then their time at the prom is so different from <laughs> the other guy's time at the prom, but they get some comedy out of that. But you're right. It's not, I'm not going to call this a comedy no. horror oh movie my God, at all, No, no. Uh, but there are comedic elements there that are. work. Mm-hmm. And uh, she is just relentless. She is so good. Has she, Robin McLean? has she, done she was, any- She's
1: on the TV show, Hell on Wheels. I don't, okay. don't even know if that's still a TV show, but I know she's on it. Right, I've never well, seen it. But. Yeah, we
0: don't watch TV, really. No. Because we're watching all these movies. That's right. <laughs> but... She's Yeah, she's fantastic. And yeah, one of your, I know, you'll you you'll stop people on the street and talk to them about this movie. <laughs> and that checks in at number three, The Loved Ones.
1: Now we're going to go a little bigger budget, a, li- a little more uh, popular, something that you've no doubt heard of and seen, but a classic at number two. There's only one way out of this chamber, and that's down the pipe.
0: The descent from 2005 and real quickly, you got to tell the story about showing it to your sister.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, my older sister, actually, it's just a given thing. My, my siblings, my nieces and nephews, like, when you come to see me, we watch a scary movie. It's just sort of, you know, that's just sort of what you do. And uh, my older sister, Julianne, God love her. She's not a huge fan of scary movies. But she, everybody lets me pick. So I try to pick things that I think that she will like. For example, like The Innocents. She would love that movie. Things yeah. like that. Not, yeah. Well, the reason I picked The Descent is because she makes it out at the end and it's uh it's you know it's all women and and you know but they're not treated it's not an exploitation film you know it's a well it's a well done movie it's super super scary well the thing is i got the dvd and it has the original scottish release <laughs> and she doesn't make it out of the original scottish release <gasps> so you go through all of that and in the end she just dies wishing she was with her dead daughter oh my god my sister about beat the hell out of me <laughs> So, so anyway, yeah, there are two versions that you can watch. <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: and of course, with that original ending, you don't really have the sequel uh, right, that no, we came back no. for. But yeah, it's, it's really, really well done. The, the, the group of women, of course, the one has lost her, her husband and, um, and daughter in that car accident, which really sets you off balance right from the beginning, right, yeah. remember? Yes. They're driving through, and then boom, that, that um, accident happens, yeah. and oh, that just shocks you. Right from the beginning, uh, and then the, the women get together. They try to make her feel better with these uh, outings that they have, and uh, they end up going into this cave Spelunking. that hasn't... They find out later, no one knows about it. The yeah. one uh, hardcore girl, Juno, is trying to make them have be credited with finding this cave. It's not on anybody's map, so... Then they find out, of course, that they're not alone down there.
1: One of the, uh, th- there are several things that make this movie really, really great. Um, And one of them is that you know these aren't green berets. They're not incompetence either. But they're not, you know, they're not green berets. They so you can y- you can feel like they're a vehicle into the film for you. This is. Slightly above average. This is the kind of thing they do, but they don't do it professionally. They're going to be, you know, so so you feel like you know them. You can relate to them in a way you can't relate to something like Green Berets, or uh, that's a bad term to use because I'm sure Green Berets don't spelunk, but you know what I mean. Real pros. Right. And then the other thing is that before you even know there are monsters, he has Neil Marshall, the director, has wrung you out with the uh, the she's caught and she like I well. I'm claustrophobic. I'm profoundly claustrophobic. So I was, I was exhausted before we even saw because they're all tight and they're. Oh, when she almost gets she, caught. Oh, she can't get through and they have to go Lord. back for her. And then, oh. and then there's the bone snap. So, like, you know, I was just oh. wrung yeah. out before we even saw a monster. I'm like, oh my God, and there's monsters. I was so giddy when I finished the screening. Um, I, yeah. I wrote the review for this years ago for a newspaper we used to write for, the other paper. And I can't remember another time. I left a screening more just excited about the movie that I had just seen.
0: Except for the first Paul Blart. (laughs) Um. (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: Yeah. And and you also have to give a credit to what the monsters looked like. Yeah, they look great. They're great. And the noises that they made. Yeah. And how they, you know, couldn't tell. Remember when the one walked right over her? Not knowing she was there because she covered herself up. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Really, and, you know,
1: and, and they develop without you know going into a lot of detail. It seemed like a very realistic what they looked like, how yeah. they behaved, how they yeah. organized. There were women, there were children. I mean, just the whole it yeah. just seemed reasonable um, as opposed to other you know it's a, basically it's a creature feature as other ones you're like oh whatever, but yeah. this you're like no this could this could like again though this is my I would. My hand to God, I would rather take a bullet than go spelunking, so it's not like this is a fear I actually have, but I would believe this would happen if you go spelunking.
0: Yeah, Yeah, so well done at number two, The Descent from 2005, which brings us to number one, and it's from 2008. Oh, well, foreign film, so we couldn't give you a a little clip there, but that's the music from it, and uh, Let the Right One In. Love it. Love it so much. And how hard a choice was that, man? It was hard. It was hard, but that just goes to show that
1: just goes to show you how great this movie is. Yeah, and
0: I think I'm with this movie, sort of like you are for the loved ones. Although I know you love this movie yeah. too, but I love this so much. I also love the remake, uh, Let Me In, which was from 2010. Uh, partly because I was so worried they were just going to screw it up. Yeah. I didn't want it even to be done. Don't do it. No, but it was so well done. Uh, so we recommend that one too. But yeah, uh, let the right one in. It's a tw- uh, a twist, another take. On the vampire genre, which we've commented before, can be overdone, except when it's done right. Right. Then, when it's done right, please come in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and it's based on a novel, and um, it sets the vampire as a as a young girl, of course, who obviously never ages, and she ends up making a new friend, a young boy, and there's so much going on. It's not just the the, the blood because there is blood of a horror movie, uh, but it's also the relationship between the two. Uh, how it grows, what each character is getting from that relationship, what the young girl vampire is thinking she's going to get from this relationship in the future because she has a caretaker that helps her get victims, and maybe he's getting a little old and maybe she needs someone to replace him, that sort of thing. And it just works on a friendship, the awkwardness of that time of life, yeah. uh, being bullied, being bullied.
1: I think you know, at its heart is a coming of age film yeah and and an incredibly well done one oh. and you know and I think there um you know between the two uh, each each one has certain strengths that the other doesn't have um I feel like the the caretaker angle is actually mined better in the in the remake than in the original, yeah but um I feel the in the novel and the the novelist did the screenplay for the original. The female vampire is not in fact a female. She's sexless. And I think that they do a, a really fascinating job with uh the concept of androgyny yes. in the original. In the, original. In the not, original.
0: Not in the remake. No. But in the original. That is a very good point.
1: And the, and it's Lena Lee Anderson is the name of the girl who she's plays great. the vampire. Oh, she's so good. She's so good. And, and then Oscar with that blonde prince valiant
0: that haircut, haircut. <laughs> yeah.
1: oh my god and the you know the movie is is uh, the its
0: setting it's cold it's you're, snowy you're it's so bleak.
1: uncomfortable the yeah. whole time you're physically uncomfortable watching the movie cuz they just look so cold and i think that that really adds an atmosphere to uh, it, it speaks to just the awkwardness of that age and especially of of you know oscar
0: but what it also there are also some very nice tips of the hat uh, you could say to classic vampire uh, elements mm-hmm. like the vampire can't come in your house unless it's invited. <gasps> that's such a great that's scene. That's such a great scene. And you
1: know, it works on an emotional level mm-hmm. because by that time, you like this girl. Yeah. You know.
0: And then when in the bathroom, when he shuts the door after when she's, oh, yeah. that, I love that scene. It's a great scene. When uh, he's, that's when she knows he's on her yeah. side for good yeah. because he's going to walk away and not it. Not that he could have saved this victim, but he doesn't even try. No. like that's what you do, and I'm going to be. A party to it
1: well uh, and she repays him she does repay him. yeah and love in, that that's you know i think that scene might have been the, the topper for me the scene in the swimming pool might have been the, the reason that this got the top spot for yeah. me it is so, so great so incredibly well done from start to finish everything about that scene in the swimming pool it's one of my favorite scenes in horror movies of all time it's great
0: and again a, 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 another you know uh Compliment to the remake because I was wondering were they going to do that shot for shot uh, because it's such a great scene. They don't. And I'm not saying they improve on it, but they don't detract from it either. Their take on the on the swimming pool scene in the remake is very good as well. But oh, yeah, so, so great from start to finish. And uh, probably I'll go. I'll go there with you. I'll go uh, that. That's the thing that put it over the top. Mm -hmm. That last scene. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you haven't seen it, check it out. 2008. Let the right one in. And uh, and then feel free to check out the uh, remake as well, because that's one, and I I've go off on this every now and then. I still don't understand why the remake wasn't more of a hit. No. It came out around Halloween. Mm-hmm. It's it's bloodier. Yeah. It is bloodier yeah. than this one. So for people that want a real slasher-type, bloodshed-type movie, it was there, it, and it was good, and it just didn't get the audience. And I'm like, well, what do you want? You know, Made me mad. But uh, that's for another time. But Let the Right One In is at number one, so as always... Let, Let us, us know.
1: <laughs> here's here's what they pick. People are gonna bitch, drag me to hell. That's that's good. So don't yeah. even complain. I'm telling you right now. We understand. We didn't put drag me to hell on the list, and you're gonna be mad. So we get it. <laughs> Sam Raimi, we love him too. We're sorry.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it was it was a crowded decade. It was, and that's well. We we started at the beginning by saying we realized early on this is the decade yeah it is uh, that really you, when you realize you have so many of great movies that get left off your top 5 list yeah. then
1: but you know what the next decade i mean we didn't even talk about it. when you think about the first decade you think about horror porn and we it, there are so many great movies that we didn't even have to consider horror
0: porn yeah not not a fan hostel hostel 2 no doesn't do it for me but uh, I know it's got. A, uh, I know that those types of movies have their fans. So yeah, keep that feedback coming. We love it. Uh, Twitter is uh, is good as always. We're at Mad Wolf M A D D W O L F. Uh, go right to the uh, the Facebook page as well. Um, however, you want to get us, get us because we'd love to see where we're wrong or if you agree with us. Tell us that too.
1: And to tell you the truth, we thought we were going to stop. We thought we were going to stop today, and then we just realized already how many great horror movies there are just right now so we're actually going to take this one more time we're going to go to the top five for the first five years of the next decade That's so right. 2000 to 2005 yeah there's some I good mean, excuse w- me 2000
0: to 2015 <laughs> yeah so uh if you have some good ideas there and i bet you do uh, please let us know this is the fright club podcast and until next week stay frightful my friends